What's up, y'all? I'm Doc Robinson from Jazz Beat Promotions, and welcome to Doc's Jazz Beat. I have a very special guest. He has about 10 titles now, so he's a producer and instrumentalist and and uh, radio talk show host and record label owner. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, leave something for the little guys, man. <laughs> What's up, Jacob Webb? Welcome, hey. welcome to Doc's Jazz Beat. Hey, I'm I'm happy and proud to be a part of this experience. Thank you for the call. It's greatly appreciated. Well, you know, I knew uh, I knew you guys when you first started with the JT Project. You know, you you were grinders, man, and you guys were like, listen, we're just gonna rent a van and we're coming to Atlanta and we're just going to just slay the ATL. And you guys did just that, and I've been a big fan ever since. And uh, just really appreciate your work and what you're doing. And I, I see you from afar. I see you. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's all about progress. You know, when we first first met each other yeah we you know we was coming from new york city and we tried to find a way to make it work we we put all the instruments and and small it was actually a car right it was was a ford focus and we have everything we had this small little compact drum kit and small bass amp and todd stacks and we just came down as a trio and we said we're gonna do what we're gonna do with what we got we're gonna make it work well, you know, it's yeah. funny when when I talk to young people or musicians that are trying to get into business, you have these stories. So yeah. I, I'm happy to say that you guys are in my stories because okay. when, uh, you know, I have a saying that, uh, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one's willing to die. So, mm. so, so what that means is, you know, a lot of people want the number one record and they want to do all these things, but they're not willing to put all their instruments in, in a car and drive to Atlanta on a chance that, you know, listen, I'm going to grind and we're going to let people hear us and we're going to earn our way up. So you guys are definitely uh, in my stories, but um, let's go back to the beginning, man. Let's go back to um, like, uh, let's go back to uh, Newton, Kansas. <laughs> what's what's it like growing up there? Oh man, it's, it's a- country as as rural as you possibly can imagine i mean very small town everybody knows everybody um my grandpa is originally from uh oklahoma and he wanted to find some work and there was word on the on the street was newton kansas has this this new developing town um with the railroad and he decided Hey, I'm gonna go and take a chance for some work, and and we moved up to Newton, Kansas, and from there on, the, that's where our, basically our family was pretty much rooted. So, in a very small country town, it's you know, it's just chill. You know, it's beautiful to get back there um, a couple times a year just to hit that reset button because you know, being here on the East Coast, it's a lot of hustle and bustle. And um, it's always sure beautiful back home. Well, I think a lot of times it's great growing up in a, a, a smaller town because things come to you a little slower. And yeah. you get a chance to really, you know, put your roots in before you get out to the big city. And yeah. uh, you get a chance to spend uh, time around your family. So, yeah. also, you can't mess up too much because everybody knows you. Like, Mr. Webb, like, I, I can take care of him right here. You don't, you know, I can take care of it right here. Oh so, yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't get to act. Oh yeah, just you gonna take care of him there? Okay, all right. I don't yeah. have to wait till till he gets home. No, I'll take care of it. He won't do it again. <laughs> so so, 
I'm always uh, interested in asking musicians, what point did it come to you that I got something special here? It's not just I have an interest in playing. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. When, when did you first realize that? Well, uh, most of my music was started off in the church and um, I was very interested um, following a lot of uh, older young adults that were playing drums, doing piano, doing all this stuff. And I was like, man, I really like that. Um, and I want to kind of dabble around with that. But the moment that I knew something was special, I was hanging out at my uncle's house. Uh, his name is Uncle Johnny. Um, wow. in Wichita, Kansas. And I was sitting at the piano and I was all the way at the left side of the piano, like rocking these lower notes, playing, you know, just these low frequency notes. And I was just enjoying it. And my uncle came up to me and he said, man, you can play some piano, but man, you're a bass player. Wow. You, you, you are a bass player. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, okay. You know, uh, let's try to figure out what this bass thing is. And after that encounter, I got my first bass. Uh, my grandpa and, and my uncle pitched in. And yeah, from that moment on, it was like, I'm I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing it. Well, you know, it, it's, I guess it's so great to have someone that points you in the right direction. And we accept it. A lot of yeah. times people wanted their kids to play. Uh, an instrument but they they kind of you know resisted it for a while no nah, this is not me you know and you automatically like, yeah i could do that uh -huh. oh yeah they, they get you uh an instrument you know for me it was kind of opposite because my mother played the piano although as i was eight or nine she kind of stopped playing it she always claimed the piano was out of tune i don't play but when i talked to my grandmother, she says, you know, your mother was a church pianist when she was 12 years old. And I'm like, what? And so, you know, I, my parents thought I was crazy growing up. So they tried to put me in art lessons, guitar lessons, everything. So the funniest story I had was, uh, I was playing guitar. Well, I was going to guitar lessons in Philadelphia. I'm from Philadelphia and it's a great music school. I think they're still open now. And, um, but my parents would never get me the real deal because they thought that I wouldn't stick with it. So they got me this plastic guitar, you know. And so I was coming home. I was crying. I was like, listen, first of all, you know, I think I was probably about eight, nine, maybe. I said, first of all, it's real embarrassing. And then secondly, I can't keep it tuned because, you know, it keeps slipping back and forward. So they uh, one day they say, OK, then this guy, his name was Bruce. He was about 14. And he had this nice wooden guitar, you know, and uh, he was uh, playing like Jose Feliciano. Okay. And I would sit there looking real sad. He said, well, his mom is going to buy him a new guitar. And so we're going to buy this guitar for him for you. And oh. I was sitting there looking all sad, you know. So I guess my mom was trying to wonder why is he looking sad. You know why I was looking sad? Uh -oh. I felt bad for the guitar. I'm like, you are never gonna sound like this after today. It's just that oh. I just do. It's like this is not happening. You know, I was okay. So, oh yeah, I can play like that. I was like, mm, 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 I don't, mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's happening because <laughs> I tried. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think lessons go different directions for different people. But when you have it, I think it's a way of you just have to harness it. 
You know, you got to figure out, okay, you can play, you got a natural ear, um, but now let's get you kind of tamed down and figure out a lane that you could be in. And so I think that, uh, how old were you at the time when they first bought your first base? Uh, I was, what, nine? So, yeah. So, yeah, around the similar time timeline as you. You know, I think uh, it's funny. I think that nine years old is kind of the age that you kind of discover talents, whether it's sports or for me, it was basketball. So my whole thing, I wanted to play basketball. But, uh, you know, I think that eight, nine, you kind of feel something like, OK, I can I, I can play the piano. I can sing. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, you know, just moving to that, um, going to college and then uh, how did the JT project get formed? OK, so. When I transitioned from uh, being in, in Kansas, I decided to go to school in New Jersey, uh, William Patterson University. And one of the first days I was there, I was hanging out with uh, one of my buddies. His name is Moses Howard. And oh, wow. he was kind of giving me an introduction to the, the practice rooms uh, for the first time. And when I went in, I just heard this this sound, this, this wall of saxophone, and it was just beautiful. It it, it was almost like it was calling me. And, and I, I asked Moses, I was like, hey, you know, who's playing this saxophone? And um, he was like, oh, this, this guy, his name is Todd. And I was like, I, I need to meet this guy. So I went up to the room, opened the door, and there's, there's Todd, man. He's just this real serious kid playing these beautiful melodies and you know uh, William Patterson is, is more so a, a straight ahead kind of school but what Todd was playing was just a little different um, just very melodic beautiful sound and you know from that first moment in encounter I knew that we were going to be making a lot of music together I just it was just a bond that you know, hasn't been broken since. So it's just one of those beautiful, beautiful connections. Well, I, think I, I know what you're mm -hmm. talking about because it seemed like he had a, like an anointing on his horn, oh, like yeah. a real spiritual connection. You know, when he played, he dug. Every time he played, he was digging, you know, and, and <laughs> it, but he wasn't playing so hard. You'd be like, oh my God, it was just like, that's what came out of the horn. You know, some people yeah. with horns to me, it's just a tone it's something about it. Either you have that tone that people like or you don't. Um, yeah. And he's one of those people that, you know, I first heard him and you and I just thought, I was like, wow, this is this is different. These guys are young, but their music has an older soul to it. Mm. You know, it's something that like sticks with you, you know. And yeah. so, you know, I've been promoting you guys ever since. I was like, you got to hear these kids, man. You know, they, you know, I just, I was like, that's all I kept saying. You know, I was like, you gotta hear these kids. They, they, they on some different stuff. So I think we got a lot of airplay here on the on ninety one point nine WCLK. Shout out to them, uh, the jazz station, and uh, they like you too. So uh, you know, it's just just moving up. And then yeah. you 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 broke out on your own. And yeah. tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so in twenty eighteen. Um, I felt, man, JT's doing very well at that point. I think we, we had like a couple of number one records and and uh, just a lot of great things happening. And me being the entrepreneur that I am, you know, trying to uh, expand, I was like, you know what? 
I've always wanted to showcase some more of my bass playing. Um, what would it be like if I did a, just a solo album? You know, to see what you know how the the radio stations would react, and um, and I wanted to do it on under my own label, and it was very well received in 2018. I had a my first single, uh, Belmont Ave. Right. It, shot right up to like number six on the billboard charts and i was like oh man this is this is great i think we got something here you know and you know from that moment i started realizing man i you know being in the new york city area i have so many people uh musicians that are amazing friends and um i feel like they can you know bring something to this label, this, this next paradigm label. So I ended up um, starting not only just the solo project, but bringing on some of my friends. And um, it's been very successful. We have Alex Parchment, um, trumpet player, the, what I believe is the, the new young trumpeter in, in smooth jazz. Um, also Nelson Garcia, saxophonist, um, just recently signed Philip Doc Martin, Yes, um, I know Phil. Yeah, so you know we're 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 expanding, and while that's going on, JT, we just uh, released our ten year anniversary um, single, which is basically a uh, you know just ten years at radio that that, that we've been apart uh, wow. together. So it's just been you know a really good ride. It's just now, 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 how big a difference is it being a record label owner? as opposed to putting out your own stuff i i already know but i just want to hear from you i know it's like okay this is some different stuff you got to put on a different hat yes and, sir. and uh i was talking to my wife earlier about you know the differences between being the artist and being the label owner and you know trying to it's sometimes you just have to be like water you have to like be neutral and um because everybody has certain desires and, and things that they want which i definitely love that um but it's just a different hat you have to have a business mind uh, you have to be you know not only um in the music side of it but the, the therapy side as well you know with artists everybody you know, wants to have that big number one record, you know, right. and you, you kind of sometimes have to put people in a reality, you know, situation, but it's been beautiful. I mean, just to see a lot of my friends and people that I'm close with doing very well. Um, it's just a blessing. I cannot complain about it. Yeah. I guess a lot of things you have to learn on the fly, um, mm -hmm. that you, you know, yeah. never thought were pieces when, you were producing your own records and, and, you know, maybe up under someone else's wings. Uh, it's a big responsibility and, I, and I'm just real proud of you, especially at a young age, you know, taking on other people and not just being a player, but being a coach pretty much as a record label owner. So that's a, that's a really, it's, it's a different thing. Um, and that's how I had it kind of got started with working with record labels in the military and getting the artists out to military bases and things like that so you know it's just one of those things where i think you just gotta you know you gotta keep it going oh yeah yeah it's it's you know it's a beautiful thing and 
you know, one of the most recent projects I have in mind, I'm going to go into the studio with all of my artists. We're going to create something called uh, Next Paradigm, the Next Paradigm Hang. Okay. And um, each artist will have about 15 to 18 minutes of uh, a short performance and a brief kind of like um, interview. And um, I'm going to take that whole concept with, with my six artists currently on the ro roster. And then we're going to take that whole show and we're going to put it on the road. And we're going to have a, a festival, like some kind of festival in different regions of the country that showcases the next paradigm artists. And we're just trying to piece that together and figure out how we're going to do this on a logistical way. But that's the next move. Next paradigm is all about. So when, when this whole COVID thing is, right. is under well, actually, it probably can help it happen now because you have the, the, the you know, resources of video and you can yeah. travel to different cities to see different people via, uh, you know, where we probably should have been 10 years ago with all of this, you know, online stuff. And I think we're really behind now, but we're catching up because of COVID, you know, so that's going to be one of my questions. I, I'm, I'm going to start by asking you and this, you know, we can imagine this, this is this time next year. So here's my question. If it hadn't been for COVID, you would have never fill in the blanks. I mean, I would have never hustled this hard on the labels. <laughs> I mean, like, right. I mean, it's crazy. It, it's like you're put in this position and you got to make something happen out of what you have. So, yeah, the label hustle, I wouldn't have been as, as, as like you know, prominent to like get these guys signed, get them on the radio, um, and just really focused on, on what we have here. So it's, it's a different thing, man. Like it's the whole mentality and just finding other streams of income as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's the whole other thing, man. But so, so this thing right here, let's talk about this right here. <laughs> I'm not okay, playing. Yeah, you're right. you, you've been following. Okay. Yes, sir, right. man. Come on, man. It's this... oh, so, man. so, how did this come about? Well, um, I am very grateful uh, to uh, Trinity and uh, Willie over at uh, Sirius X and Watercolors. They've been playing, obviously, a lot of the JP Project material, my solo stuff. Um, and it, and pretty much all of the next paradigm artists and just one random day I got a phone call and you know it was like hey we want you to be on the show well when can you get it done and I said wow. I can get it done tomorrow you know like wow let's, let's I know that's it. right you know let's make it happen so so yeah I, I yeah. used to call them like Elliot Elliot Ness you know they were like the untouchables you know. <laughs> You oh, like yeah. you can't even you know get your stuff on there or talk to them or I mean it's like so if they're calling you that's that's huge brother yeah that's, that's, very that's very huge. very very grateful and and they've you know they wanted to share um, they wanted me to share info about my label so um, uh, the craft room you know has aired twice already and it actually will be doing its uh, final encore this evening at uh, six p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, but yeah, they, they were very interested in my label and they, they specifically asked, Hey, uh, talk about your, 
your label and you know what are some of the things that um, are important to you in those regards so I really do appreciate that from them and you know them reaching out to me it makes me feel like I'm, I might be doing something right well you know, I, right? yeah most definitely you know because I, I that's huge uh, to even have that platform and then you know each one reach one you're able to help other people not just your label mates but just young cats coming up in jazz because you know you know you may not always know what will work but you know what won't work and so that that goes far uh in the realm of 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 business where do you see jazz going i know let's talk about uh some of the jazz greats that we've lost like uh, recently chick korea and what that kind of does um in the world of jazz for you yeah i mean at any time you see a great uh, that magnitude you know pass away it's it's really hard because they've i mean they're the reasons why you know i'm able to uh do what i do and a lot of people in, in my you know area uh can do what we do so it, it's 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 you know it's sad you know to, to see that um but um, it just is a reminder that we as musicians, the young, younger generation have to step up to the plate, you know, like I, it's not going to be us, you know, we're not going to be the ones that lets it die. We want to be the ones that um, revives, you know, exactly. whatever genre of jazz. And that's the goal with Next Paradigm. It's, it's the, the new structure. We're here. And, you know, we want to be able to you know, give jazz that, you know, elevate it to the next level. And um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chick, I mean, I experienced, you know, one of my great mentors who passed away. I mean, it seems like it was yesterday, Mulgrew Miller, right. um, rest in peace to him, you know, it's just, it's always it's very difficult, um, very difficult. Well, I think those guys leave a great imprint because I think jazz has, uh, struggled over the last 50 years to be regarded outside the box. Everybody mm -hmm. tries to put jazz inside a box. And if you look at, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and the, you know, the people that come after him, he thought that person was crazy. You know, yeah. you look at Miles, you know, the person, you know, so each time somebody stands on the shoulders of someone, they take it to another level. I think Chick was a person that did it while he was alive. I mean, he just, he went from straight ahead to synthesizer to electric to, you know, so he was playing right up to the very end, you know, everything, you know, oh, yeah. so he did not contain his music inside of a box. Um, I think some people get hung up on hangups about, well, I'm just going to play straight ahead. And everybody who doesn't play straight ahead is kind of like foo-foo. You know, yeah. or they're not playing real jazz. And, you know, I, I internet, you know, I, I hear that conversation quite a bit about yeah. what's real jazz. And I, it does, there's a lot of things that's real jazz, you know. Yeah. I mean, Duke Ellington um, said a great thing. He's like, you know, music is either good or bad, you know, right. and that pertains to anything, jazz, whatever. I mean, right. it's just you have music that is, that is hitting the soul. It reaches out to people therapeutic you know has that love and passion behind it or have music that just is you know it is what it is it's not um it doesn't reach the, the masses or it doesn't have a, a emotional impact as well so it could be good or it could be bad and you know to box something you know that's 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not about that life. Well, it's funny how no matter what type of music it is, it could be country and western, it could be anything, but I think everyone recognizes when something's good. Even if they don't like it, they don't listen to it, they'll go, wow, um, that's, that's pretty good. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I've always been that way. Every night as a kid, I went to bed listening to the radio every single night, different mm-hmm. channels, Western, you know, it could be classical, it could be jazz, but I always had to hear music every single night. And I started recognizing some other levels of music that I didn't necessarily listen to, but I thought I got to admit, it's pretty good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I think it's something about the blueprint of the music, the foundation of the music that makes it stick to your soul mm. um you know and i always you know people ask me what do you think a hit is and i think a hit is something that you push replay on two or three times when it comes yeah. out and you know i gotta hear it again let me hear this yeah. part again let me yeah. you know it's it's just something that you will hear and on some songs i know you've experienced this as well you'll play six seven times you're like oh my god I got. I got to hear it again. That's a hit to me. Oh yeah, yeah. You I mean, know the first four bars. You're like, okay, that's it. Yeah, like when I one of the first records that did that for me when I was, you know, you know, studying a lot of straight ahead in college or even even before that was Oscar Peterson's Night Train record. Right. Boy, that thing is. I mean, from the gate, just super cooking and the way that you feel is just like oh my goodness so yeah i mean every every song i record what's the first cd that you ever purchased that's a hard question Ooh, that i ever purchased can i honestly answer that (laughs) well i could tell you a cd that It's a, it's, there's a lot of music. I know. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, give, me, give, me a, give me a sec, because it's, it's hard to just... Well, I'll tell you the ones I purchased, because I, I, I was yeah. around when CDs came out. So, uh, I think 1987, uh, the very first CD I purchased was a Sade CD, a very first CD. But the very second CD I bought, I bought at the same time, was Jeff Loiber, uh Jeff Loiber in Water Signs. Mm. So when I finally met Jeff Loiber, I brought him the CD to sign. And he's like, wow, where did you get that? I don't even have it. It's out of print. Wow. And that's the one with Freddie Hubbard on it. And it's just an amazing CD. And so I remember, you know, waiting, you know, for the CDs to come out. And I'm like, I'm going to buy Sade. I'm going to buy Jeff Loiber. I had the albums, but I didn't have the CDs. And, uh, you know, those are my very first two. Yeah, man. So some of my earlier influences, um, I, I loved, and these, these are, I'm a little younger, so I, I love from the bass perspective, like Christian McBride. Um, oh, he was just so killing because he was a, a version, like the updated version of Ray Brown, because I was right. a big, big Ray Brown fan. But Christian, um, just, man, he, something about his playing as a bass player, um, it just has so much uh, just conviction to it. And just the mastery of the the, uh, the technical side, as well as his lyricism and his solos, and just the command of the instrument. 
Um, so yeah, man. And yeah, I, uh, my Christian McBride story is. I was in the military and I was stationed in Germany. So I went to go to this show in Frankfurt, which is like 70 miles away. And mm-hmm. Joshua Redman was playing. Okay. Yeah. So I'm seeing Joshua Redman and they had this bass player. And I didn't really know him then. And uh, so after the show, I went up to talk to them. And he says, Yeah, I'm Chris McBride. And I said, Oh, well, where, where are you from? He said, I'm from Philly. I said, I'm from Philly too. And I said, Well, what part of Philly? He said, I'm from West Philly. I'm from West Philly too. I said, where? He said, well, 54th and Irvin. I live in 53rd Irvin. I'm like, I had to come all the way to Germany to meet you, dude? What? <laughs> he grew up like a block away from me. He's younger, of course. I didn't know him, but that's crazy. And that's the first time I met him. You know, uh, that was probably like 1989 or 90. And uh, yeah. But yeah, Christian is, uh, he's an amazing bass player. Um, and he's, a you know, I didn't know until I talked to the interview with Gerald Veasley last week that you assume that just because somebody plays the electric bass, they play the upright. And a lot of people don't because right. they were like, no, 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 that's two separate instruments. And it's a whole nother bag with the, you know, so you play both, right? Yep. I, you know, I play, you know, I started off on the electric bass and then, uh, I ended up transitioning to the acoustic. Did a lot of classical music when I was coming up, um, and then I owned this like uh, electric upright bass. I saw it. Up. I was. I'm trying to pull up the picture, but I ain't gonna show people. <laughs> <laughs> I had the picture. I'm like, yeah, we'll mess them up with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. So I mean, you know, playing in the New York City area, it you know you can get a lot of. Uh, I don't know. People give you some trouble with that one. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I uh, We had a young saxophonist here, you know, so it, I was talking to uh, Andy Snitzer. Oh, okay. And so we, we, we uh, you know, we, we, we kid, we said, yeah, we got a, we got a little son, a baby, but uh, he's an incredible saxophone player, but he was young, really young at the time. And he says, well, I'm going to go to New York, you know, and he lasted like a week because you, man. You don't bring it in New York, you will come back with your tail between your legs because they will give you the business, especially yeah, in the straight ahead world. You know, you. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. And even in the, you know, I was doing uh, with JT because um, I also play a lot of keyboards and uh, we very fortunate to have a residency at the Sugar Bar in New York City, uh, Valerie Simpson. Yes. Um, Asher and Simpson uh, invited us to, to do a Wednesday slot there. And I was playing bass at the time. Um, and we were doing this um, uh, jam session as well. But on this particular um, Wednesday, the keyboard player couldn't show up. And so I had to fill the role. And um, I was always like, yeah, I'm cool with it. But, you know, with some of the you know, classic R&B songs. I'd rather have a, you know, R&B, you know, keyboardist there, but right. I had to do the gig. So it, it is what it is. Um, and so it was cool. And I continued playing, you know, keys in the band and Valerie called us up for this special event and um, won't ever forget it. Uh, Freddie Jackson was there. Oh, wow. And, and he uh, wanted to do one of one of his his songs, uh, I don't know. 
was the name of that one? Uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know if that was his original. Uh, one of his songs. But anyways, um, I was on the keys and uh, I wasn't playing the song right, man. And Freddie looked back at me. He was like, nah, man, you got to get off, man. Valerie, get this guy. I, I need to play with you, you know? And so she got to kick me off the stage. I was like, yeah, this is New York, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's a learning experience. Right. You know? so I right. Just kind of go through that. And it's like, all right, yeah. Let's 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 practice a little more. You know. Yeah, let's not let's let I'd have been like, look, will you hand me a base? We can we can do some business here. Right? <laughs> Be like, yeah, well, you ain't gonna say that if I get on the base, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking you to play the bass, you play the piano. Yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's beautiful experiences, though. I mean, it's just, you know, New York City is, is tough. Um, yeah. But I mean, Philly well, the same way, you know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, I was in Atlanta is, is kind of, you know, we were doing a thing. I did a series called Straight No Chaser with Phil Davis. Oh, cool. And this saxophone was up there playing and he was kind of uh, laughing through the horn. Boop, 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 boop. He said, hold it. Stop. Go stand in the corner. We don't play that. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that. Whatever. When you ready, I'm ready to pull you back in. I'll tell you to come back over. You stood in the corner. <laughs> Said we don't laugh through the horn over here. What What do you think oh, this is? Oh boy, yeah. go stand in the corner. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, man. You gotta, you know. But those are that's what you need. I mean, I mean, Eric Marienthal. I mean, you know, as great as he is, he said, man, I'm. I, I thought I was doing something or no, Everhart said, yeah, man, I, you know, I thought I was going to go, you know, sit in with Eric, with Eric Marienthal, but I didn't really have all my stuff with me. So I brought my horn up there and he's like, he, he handed me my butt. <laughs> he's like, he, he handed it to me. You know, yeah. he said, anybody, any given day can hand it to you. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but you go back, you work on your chops, you come back out, you lick your wounds. You're like, okay. It's, you as know, long as you get back up. You know, yeah, as long as you long as you get back up, you know, but you remember some of those chops that you got from that and you 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 know, you get another knife fight, you know. But some guys can cut you and you'll be at home and you'll be like He cut me. You don't even know you bleeding. Oh boy. <laughs> you you don't even know you bleed, man. It's just it's just but that's the beauty of music to me. Is it's never the same. Even if you play the same songs every night, it's still not the same um what do you think it's going to be like when you hear the first crash of live music with an audience yeah i mean we've done a lot of or personally i've done a lot of virtual stuff uh actually uh two days ago uh, i was able to invite um, some of my artists down here and we did a uh, uh virtual show and it was it was great beautiful but it's it's not the same. Nowhere right. close to uh, the feed and energy off and off of an audience, and and um, there's the experience of just being with people, the human connection, you know, that love, that passion, all of that stuff that's just circling around in the, in the atmosphere, and, and it's almost like it's therapy, and it's something that you just. You know, we are, you know, we're, we're stimulating the mind, 
you know, we're creating this experience for, for everybody that's out there. So to answer your question, I mean, it's going to be surreal, you know, it's like just an amazing feeling of, wow, that energy is back. And I know that people are going to appreciate it on such a high, higher level. Maybe know? even more so. Yeah. Before. Oh, yeah. Because I think they might have taken it for granted. Oh, I can just go oh. see him next week or JT Project's going to be over there next week. Now it's like, when, where are they playing? When, what? Right. And, you know, and personally, I I know I've taken it for granted. You know, just the the um, privilege of being able to perform, you know. And, yeah, because that could just end at a snap of a finger. And, right. you know, uh, and just also realizing how important uh our skills are as musicians and, and what we do because like I was saying before it's it's a very therapeutic thing to be able to perform for someone you know it takes people out of you know whatever is going on in their lives at the current moment and um, it's just a beautiful beautiful uh, drug music uh, yeah I, I think we tried like one show in the pandemic you know something on the rooftop and even the physical shock to my body of hearing yeah. music in the bass, you know, my body was like, wow, that's loud. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a different type of thing. Uh, even the loudness of the music of a live show. Um, and it just it was a different you know thing from doing, you know, this online, which has been great for some people keeping them going. But it's there's nothing like a f uh, feeling a show. When you yeah. feel the bass, you know, you feel the kick drum, um, you know, it's just like a, a, a musical explosion for your mind, you know. So I'm looking forward to, you know, hosting live shows again and bringing the JT project in. I was like, you guys are big time now. I can't get you. So I, don't, you know, I was like, man, I, you know, I was like, yeah, you know. I mean, look, I don't know <laughs> if you, you're ever interested in, you know, uh, doing like a like a JT project next paradigm just event you know of that's course where, you know we're family now right yeah. so I mean yeah, yeah I got you yeah you know, any, any help that you need anywhere you need to go or festivals I mean we're doing a festival in November so hopefully this will be cleared up in Los Cabos so um oh, yeah right. Life Lux Jazz Festival and uh so uh you know we'd be glad to uh you know assist you guys and anywhere you want to go uh have you back to the atl you know uh, atlanta jazz festival all those things that you know we're kind of involved with from time to time but uh, man it's been a pleasure talking to you brother and uh i love your music i love what you're doing um i'm so proud of you um you're a great mentor even without you know connection to other people or if you, if you are not but people are looking you know that's what i mean to tell you is that a lot of times we don't really realize that people are watching you know yeah. your example of your grind you know you know and uh i respect what you do and i uh, respect what you guys have done and you know having your own record label and being on serious xm you got to hook a brother up but anyway having having um you know <laughs> a little hobo help a brother out but, uh, <laughs> what you mean man what's going on man right uh, yeah come on man <laughs> each one reach one you know but um, it's been a pleasure having you, man. And, uh, you know, anytime, man, come back and join us for uh, Doc's Jazz Beat. My guest today has been Jacob Webb, entrepreneur, business owner, record label, mogul. Mogul, that's pretty good, right? 
and uh, artist and uh, just all around good guy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, joining us today, man, and uh, much continued success. Hey, thank you, Doc, for having me. And, uh, you know, let's, let's do it again sometime soon. Yes, sir. All right, brother. All right, you take care over there.